This podcast is brought to you by Orange Cattle. Orange Cattle is a creative digital marketing agency specializing in modern web design, social media, paid marketing, and all things branding. Creatively start to expand your business today at orangecattle.com. A pivot is crucial to the success of any plan. Unexpected events or circumstances arise on everyone's journey. This seems to be especially true for entrepreneurs. Things rarely go completely as planned. I'm Tad Kelsey and on The Pivot, I'll chat with entrepreneurs about what they do and how they got there. For our first guest, we invited Chintan Sutaria to chat with us about his company, CalcuQuote, and the entrepreneurial life. Chintan, thanks for joining us today. Tell us about yourself. Where'd you come from and where'd you grow up? Sure. Um, so I was born originally in India, actually, and moved to the United States when I was six years old. Uh, spent some time living in Pittsburgh and then Dallas. And I'd, I'd say mostly I've grown up in Dallas, uh, Texas. So uh, that's where I'm from. Uh, a little bit about myself, went to school in the Dallas area, and after that got a degree in business, uh, spent some time working in consulting for a while, and then uh, worked in electronics contract manufacturing. And I've been doing that evenings, weekends, vacations since I was a little kid, but started doing that full time about five years ago. Were you entrepreneurial from an early age? Uh, you know, so th- that's kind of funny. So when I was in fifth grade, I remember I got in trouble at school for selling newspapers at school, and that wasn't supposed to be something you could do. And so I remember getting in trouble for that because I was selling them for like a quarter each. And so then I changed it to where I would sell them for these little award tickets that my teacher would give out. And I was never a really well-behaved kid, so um, she was surprised when I was getting these tickets that she would give out for good behavior, and it was because I was selling them. So I'd say maybe that was probably my first ever entrepreneurial venture, but since then, I've done, you know, I'd say in middle school and elementary school things like washing cars and mowing lawns. And I wouldn't say they were entrepreneurial ventures, but they were good jobs for a young kid to have. But I did know I always wanted to start my own business. Uh, I, I love that story. I think that um, a large percentage of entrepreneurs were rebels at some point in their life. You know, uh, there's yeah. so many like rebel beginnings. Yeah, it, I mean, and too, it's brilliant that you had the uh, the the foresight to go. Okay, well, I can't make legitimate money <laughs> in American currency, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to work the system and get tickets. And hey, at least they let you keep doing that. But yeah, which gave me computer time and got to play games until they caught on and I got sent to the principal's office. But that's you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> For those of us who may not be familiar with CalcuQuote, tell us a little bit about your company. Sure. Uh, so CalcuQuote is a software for electronics contract manufacturers. And, uh, you know, in case you don't know what that is, it's basically companies that help build electronics. So think of what Foxconn does for Apple, right? They, they're the people that are behind the scenes actually making the product. And what our software does is it helps them be able to price their own products. So uh, one of the biggest pain points in the contract manufacturing industry is somebody comes to you and asks you, how much will you charge me to build this product that you've never built before? And now you have to go spend hours and hours and hours doing research and studying it to come up with a price that you may or may not understand to be accurate. 
So our software basically helps them with that process. And the way we do that is we have automated a lot of functions in there. And the biggest part of that is being able to look up materials. So CalCuQuote essentially does what Expedia or Travelocity did to the travel industry in terms of being able to source components. So using our software, you can put in a bill of material and instantly look up pricing and availability of components from most of the major distributors throughout the world. So tell us a little bit about that aha moment when you decided, you know, I want to relieve this pain point and how you began to pursue seeing CalQQuote become reality. Um, So I'll say, you know, a a lot of people point to an aha moment. I don't know if I had one. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was, uh, you know, I was working in contract manufacturing since I was a little kid because my dad had a business in this space. And so evenings, weekends, vacations, I was helping him. And the first time I ever had to do a quote myself, I remember thinking that it was just terribly tedious and boring. You're sitting there with a spreadsheet looking up each component individually, and it's just awfully boring. And so that was kind of probably what started it. Um, And then it was iterative after that. So, you know, first I said, oh, well, there's got to be a better way to do this and then do that. Overall, um, it started to improve. I think when I realized it could be a viable business is when uh, my dad was retiring, so I was working with him, helped him sell the business. And at that time, I just remember that a lot of the companies that we were talking to were extremely interested in what I had done on the quoting side. And so that's when I thought, hey, this could be a viable product. You mentioned iteration, and iteration and pivots are such a crucial part of any entrepreneurial process, really. Has your company changed from that original vision or have you had any pivots or even just at the very least, what did your iteration look like? Yeah, I'd say that, you know, there's been countless number of small pivots, right? And so there's not like a huge drastic thing, but a bunch of small things. The really big one, and it's kind of funny because I still have these business cards, is when I first ventured out into this, I was thinking CalcuQuote would be kind of a, you know, a small little product that some companies would use. Um, to help improve their efficiency. But really, I, I knew consulting. I had come from a consulting background before this. And so I was thinking it would be, a, you know, it would be kind of an introductory conversation starter, but then we'd get into real consulting. It wasn't until you know, a couple months later that I realized that, hey, this is, this is the meat and potatoes, not the consulting side of it. So that was probably one of the biggest pivots, but happened fairly early on. What makes CalcuQuote different from other solutions that are similar in this space? So we were one of the first out there that did a few things right. Uh, And I'd start with that we, uh, you know, when I started this, it was to solve a problem that was very personal to me. I hated doing quotes. And so I set out to solve that. And so one of the things that I think even our customers tell us all the time is that we've thought about all the little things that are pain points in that process. So it's designed by and for somebody that's actually done the job. Uh, So we really brand ourselves not as just a software company because Um, what we really focus on is the industry knowledge. That's the first thing. Uh, The second thing is there's a lot of just, you know, without getting uh, too in the weeds about it, I'd say there's a lot of differentiating functionalities. So for example, we are very narrowly attuned to uh, what contract manufacturers need in terms of labor estimation, in terms of where they source their materials, things like that. And so we don't try to be everything to everybody. We try to be something really good to a good group of people. So shifting into more about just you as an entrepreneur and your day-to-day entrepreneurial life, uh, what piece of technology in general can you not live without? Uh, Oh, I'd definitely say it's my phone. I uh, 
sleep with it next to my head. Uh, I'm waking up throughout the night because of messages and emails and things like that. It's definitely my phone and all the apps on it. I have probably 300 different apps on my iPhone. Yeah, I, th- I, I bet uh, I would venture to say that there's so many there with you. Um, what does your average day look like? So it, it's funny because uh, I'm a very numbers focused person. So I feel like average is really hard to say is uh, typical, especially in entrepreneurship. You know, anybody that goes through this journey can probably tell you each day is so different. So um, I'd say the variance is extremely high, but the average uh, would be that, you know, my day typically starts super early in the morning. A lot of times we're doing updates to our software and things like that. And so I'll wake up as early as four or five o'clock sometimes and, uh, you know, be doing some things and then maybe take a 30 minute nap before I start my day. And then it's really whatever hits me during the day. I try to spend as much time during the daytime, uh, normal business hours, talking to people as possible. So that's customers or prospects, uh, new opportunities, things like that, just because that's a good use of that time for me. Um, Once evening hits, I'll typically take an hour or two break and then get back to it because we have a team in India. So my day picks up again, depending on daylight savings at 9.30 or 10.30 p.m. And we'll go on for another hour or two. And that's when I get my real work done with the product. So what is one of your hobbies or passions that those who know you might be surprised about? Uh, So there's two things. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if it would be a huge surprise for those who actually know me, but I definitely enjoy a good debate. And, you know, especially in the current climate, I think it's really interesting to hear people's diverging viewpoints. So I host a meetup. It's called Dinner and Discourse, where really you just get together with a bunch of strangers to talk about extremely controversial topics. So we've talked about everything from gun control to abortion to just whatever else is a divisive topic. And I really enjoy it because I find that I learn through those disagreements uh, how to further solidify my own position on these things. Um, so that's probably one. Uh, the other thing that, again, uh, you know, if you know me, uh, I really enjoy playing Frisbee. I probably don't get to do it as much these days, but, you know, I coached an ultimate Frisbee team for a while and found it to be extremely fun for me. And so I enjoy doing that, too. That's fantastic. I myself played ultimate Frisbee in college. Uh, so I'm a nice. big connoisseur. You're probably as a well. lot better than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. But. Uh, you know, that's really beautiful, just your passion to sit down and have discourse and conversation. I think that like in our current climate, so much of the friction comes from just the lack of interaction. And I think when you when you seclude yourself from those who disagree with you, they become a, a boogeyman or just the classic straw man that you can beat up on. But when you really know them and get to know their perspective, it's just really life changing. So I think that's that's really cool that that uh, that's a. Uh, passion of yours. Yeah, it, it's actually interesting because I tell people that I do this and they're like, oh, it must turn into shouting matches. I'm like, no, you'd probably find that 99% of things you agree on someone with and it's the 1% that you're trying to sort out and that's okay. And as long as you can talk to each other like people, then it's a lot of fun to learn from each other. So yeah, it's been a pretty cool experience and I've met some really cool people through that. So now uh, if you weren't running your current business, what would you be doing? Oh, I don't know, probably sleeping more. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I'd probably be doing another business. Uh, I, you know, it's, uh, for me, I, I think I had a, I had a boss once tell me before I was quitting my job and this is the last job that I had, that was kind of a more structured formal job. And he said, 
you know, I don't see you ever being in a job where you know where you're going to be sitting the following year. Uh, so if you know where your desk is going to be one year from now, I can't imagine you wanting to keep that job. And I feel that way even today. So what I love about what I do right now is not necessarily the business I have, but it's more about the ability to always be adapting and changing and solving problems and thinking creatively. Uh, and that's what I'd want to be doing. So whether that's CalciQuote or anything, I think the creative process is my favorite thing about it. I'd do that all over again. Yeah, I think that's uh, definitely typically in the DNA of an entrepreneur is the desire for that, where as, as uh, most people who are an entrepreneur or cringe at the idea of finding themselves there, I think like that is what they don't like is there is no structure, whereas the entrepreneur will just see that as, man, that's me being the captain of my own destiny in some ways, whereas the other's like, yeah. I, ne I need this structure. Absolutely. So onto some questions of the rapid fire variety. Uh, what's the best and worst marketing advice you've ever received? Mm. Uh, so I'd say the best marketing advice I ever got, and maybe this is just best, one of the best pieces of advice in general, uh, probably that sales and marketing are complementary, but not the same thing. Um, so they have different objectives and ultimate outcome should be aligned, but they're different, I think was a really good piece of advice. Uh, really bad advice, I think, is I'd say uh, early on in, in the first startup that I tried to start, which you know, didn't do as well, uh, I'd say uh, I got advice uh, to spend a bunch of money on a branding guide. And, you know, we had no customers, we had no product, and we spent like $15,000 on a branding guide and logos and things like that. And it was just a terrible idea at that point in our company. So I don't know if it was bad marketing advice, but it was definitely bad for the stage that we were at. Yeah, it seems like I something. That back. I don't think it was 15000 but it was, it was a lot of money. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's definitely something that like, not really depending on where you are and what stage you're in. I mean, you know, something that could be good advice for one company or, or one entrepreneur is really bad for another entrepreneur. And, you know, especially when you're in early stage entrepreneur or startups phase. Exactly. And, and since then, I mean, there is a stage at which that makes sense. It was just bad for that stage that we were at. So what one thing do you want people to think about when they think about CalQQuote? Hmm. So this is one that internally we talk about a lot also. I think if I had to pick one thing, I'd say that we're always there to solve the problem, right? Um, and it's, it's being problem solution oriented rather than being software oriented or something like that. Because, I, you know, everybody on our team, we try to make sure that everybody's really well-rounded because problems are complex. Problems have multiple dimensions. And so it helps to be focused on the solution of those problems from multiple different facets rather than just saying, I have one job that I do and that's it. So yeah, I'd say if I had to pick one thing that CalCuQuote should be known for, it would be solving problems. Who is one of your personal favorites when it comes to branding? That can be a company or a person um, and, and why? I really like Google's brand. Um, mostly because, especially early Google, I thought they did a really good job because they kept things almost stupid simple, right? So if you think about, you know, everybody knows Google's don't be evil mantra, right? Um, I, I just love that they simplified everything down to something that's so, that's so boiled down that it, it seems obvious. Um, so I'd say Google's probably uh, 
one of my favorites. If you had $1 million to spend on social media advertising, but it could only be spent on one platform um, and it had to be spent in six months or you would lose it, where would you spend it? $1 million over six months, I would go with LinkedIn. I just think it's, it's where customers buy for enterprise things. Um, you know, that's where business people go to get recommendations. All right. Uh, our last question is a little more fun. Uh, we love movies around here. What's the best movie you've seen in the last year? Mm. So I, I like superhero movies a lot. So I'll say I really liked, um, I like any of the Marvel movies really that have come out recently, but probably my favorite would be, uh, I would say Black Panther. Um, enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, Black Panther was just, I feel like it has a much different feel than many of, you know, say something like Iron Man. It just, uh, it just has like a different feel. And I really appreciated that about it. Because I think like, you can kind of get stuck in, in the mold of what superhero franchise, what the franchise should look like. And I just feel like it had that different vibe. Yeah, it was almost isolated. I mean, I, I still love the Iron Man stuff too. And the the Batman stuff, and you know, I, I like all of them, but I, uh, I especially like that one, I guess, of the past year. Very cool. Well, uh, Chinton, thanks for joining us. Like I said, and uh, where can we find more about CalcuQuote? Uh, so you can you can check us out on our website. Uh, we've got a website, CalcuQuote.com, and that's just C-A-L-C-U-Q-U-O-T-E.com, or you can find us on LinkedIn and just search CalcuQuote. Thanks for downloading episode one of The Pivot. You can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play to hear all of our future entrepreneurial chats.